0: In today's episode, we speak with Summer Owens. She is a motivational speaker and an author of Life After Birth, which is a memoir that she wrote after being pregnant at the age of 15. She talks about how she survived and thrived through the challenge of being a teen that was pregnant.
1: Yeah, it's an incredible story. So if you find yourself in this situation, if you're a teenager, or if you're a parent of a teen who has dealt with this or dealing with this right now, we hope her story will inspire you to realize there is hope and encourage you that there is life after teen pregnancy. Please enjoy this episode.
0: Hi, I'm Deanna Robbins and I'm Christy North. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast
1: where we explore all the pieces that make up a woman mind, body, and soul. By embracing all complexities of being a woman, our goal is to share real stories that inspire growth and empower all women to be the best versions of themselves. And as Maya Angelou so eloquently said, when we know better, we do better.
0: Thank you for taking this journey with us. So we are so excited to be here today with Summer Owens. She is the author of Life After Birth, which is a memoir of survival and success as a teenage mother. And so we really wanted to dive in with you, Summer, on how we can change the narrative in supporting our teens when something like this happens unexpectedly. But before we do that, we would just really love to hear a little bit about your story and what brought you into this place where you are today.
2: <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. It is always a, a pleasure now to share my story. I did not start doing it until um I wrote the book. So I guess I'll go back to that. I published my memoir in 2010. Um, and, and that was after people would ask me all the time, people who knew me, how did you do it? And that was from me really thinking about um the time when I was in college. People would see me with my son, sometimes sitting right beside me (laughs) in class, but if not in in the meetings or just with me all the time. And I said, my answer at the time was, I don't have to think about how I do it. All I have time to do is do it. Um, By the time, though, 2010 came, I was going through a divorce and I was at a place where I needed to do something um, to really help me. Um, and and the reason why I chose writing my memoirs is because I was also at a place where I was financially in a, a good place. I had worked really, really hard all my life and been in school and working and being a mom. And for the first time, I was just working and being a mom. And so I had more time, but I also had gotten out of survival mode and I was able to see past myself and I could see how other young moms were struggling And I thought that was a perfect opportunity for me to to share my story with them. On top of that, my son was a teenager and done listening to me, probably. (laughs) And I saw that young women were listening to me, whereas he wasn't so much. And I was like, okay, I need to be what my son needs. I need to be that to somebody else, some other parent for their child. Um, And so it's like, okay, now's the time to sit down and write my story and it was therapeutic for me um and what that story is and the short version of it is um i became a mom where i got pregnant on my 15th birthday um as a result of uh, a forced sexual encounter a family friend a a friend i didn't even know the family member at the time um but it was a friend of his who was with him um and it happened and I like to talk about it now, like I say now, present tense, because I didn't before, um, because it was my own low self-esteem that got me in this situation. He told me I was pretty and I felt like I owed him something. And so I let him touch me a little and he took it further. And that resulted in me getting pregnant on my 15th birthday. Um And then I had my son, of course, before before I turned 16.
1: Oh, summer. I just
2: decided to write my story and and to share it to show that at that point in my life in 2010, again I was out of survival mode. I had made it. (laughs) I just can't
1: even imagine one here it is your birthday. And you know, it happens way too often. But I just the emotion I'm feeling of, you know, of hearing your story, that is really heavy.
2: It is and it, and, it, and it has been for a long time, but it's gotten a whole lot easier for me um, because every time I I say it and I share it, it takes less off of it. less of the pressure, less of the stress is more matter of fact. This is what happened. it's a fact it happened and it does happen as you said um, all the time. but the difference is, um, what I tried, what I decided to do with it. I decided to use it to build me and make me stronger and push me to be a better person, to be a, an independent woman and take care of my child. And then when I got to the place in my life in 2010, where I realized the power of me sharing it and how it could help other people and free other people and push them to the success that they deserve in their lives, it motivated me to share
1: even more. So you share on you, you have a video on your website and you share the story that you must have told a good friend what had happened. Is that correct?
2: I told my cousin. Um, and yeah, I tell the whole story in the book in detail, but I, she was with me at the health department or I actually was with her at the health department. And, um, birth control because everybody knew she was sexually active I was not (laughs) um and and I was like well let me go in here and just see because I just being ignorant I like to talk about this too I have programs in schools now to really help deal with this I didn't know my mom didn't really talk to me or anybody didn't really talk to me about sex so I didn't know but I assumed once it happened that I might have an STD or I might be pregnant or not even my, I really thought in my mind that I did have probably have an STD and the pregnancy part, was like, no, surely not. But it, I knew it was possible. But what I didn't realize when she told me to pee in the cup, that that was the test. And she came back in and she said, uh, well, your pregnancy test came back positive. And that shocked me because I didn't even know I had taken one. And um, and my cousin hurt me. <laughs> she was um. like, what? And uh, you know, and so yeah, so that's how it it got out. And I tell the whole, you know, the full story on how, because even that part was a journey. After I found out and getting to the point where, um, I delivered. So I want you to take us back, Summer, and talk about that
0: whole process when it when you learned that you were pregnant, and the process of going through what was life going to look like now. Because I remember thinking that and being scared and not knowing how this was going to play out also you know parents having to tell your parents I don't know if that's your story or not as far as what that looks like um I'll let you share that but that piece and the decision making of what to do
2: yeah it was uh definitely scary for me I was the good girl <laughs> um I made good grades in school I was um sort of on you know that path um Where people expected a lot out of me, I think, or expected me to do well. Um, And when that happened, um, yes, I was scared. I was very, very scared. The decision to tell my mom was taken away because of the story I just told when my cousin found out it got back to her. But I was, I was, I was devastated in the fact that I, didn't know who I was pregnant by, so it's another story that's in in the book um, where that situation happened to me. But I felt guilty because I had a boyfriend who I had not been intimate with, and so I did. And then that put me in when then I found out I was pregnant. So that put me in a place of I'm not sure. Um, so that was now I'm embarrassed and I'm scared, um, and I don't know um, what the future holds. And I never. Um, I, I thought I didn't agree with abortion. I never had agreed with abortion until it happened to me. And that made me rethink everything. Um, but that put me in a place of having to choose. Although at 15, I really didn't have so much have a choice. I was sneaking, <laughs> trying to figure it out. Um, but my mom found out and she said, no, that's not happening. And, um, and it didn't go forward. And I had my child. Um, again, that was a short way of telling a long story. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. yeah. Uh, totally <laughs> understand. <laughs> but I, but I had my son and, um, I was a sophomore in high school and I, I just, I pushed forward. I did what I had to do. And I graduated from high school, number eight in my class. I was voted most likely to succeed in spite of me being the one with the child. Um, good for you and, um, And I got a full scholarship to college. And so that that set me on my path to say, I'm going to be the teen mom, but.
0: Well, and I think that's such a great message because ultimately what the fear with a parent as well as us, because as a teen, we're so in this place of the fear is so overwhelming because we have no idea what to expect, what is going to happen and how we're going to navigate it. But as a parent, And I'm I'm not like prescribing this in terms of like what happened with you or or what happens with everyone, but we also some parents kind of fall into that their life is over, they can't, you know, now what are we going to do? And I really want to share with our listeners if they're a parent of a teen and they're maybe you know worried that this might happen or it has happened, how they can help their teen feel more supported that life can be okay and they're going to be okay.
2: Yeah. So um, I, I've gotten approached with this lots of times now. Um from people that I know and care about um, that have the exact same um thought that you just said like, oh my gosh, this is it's embarrassing a lot of times for parents, right? And especially parents in and position certain positions and certain roles, um, it can be embarrassing. Um, I am a mom of a teen parent now, so I can relate directly to this question. I speak on teen pregnancy and teen pregnancy prevention, um, but my son had his first child at 19, and so I re—I remember exactly how I felt. I was just like the, a lot of parents. I was devastated, and I was thinking, you know, well, number one, it's embarrassing. It feels like I haven't taught you right, and all the things, even though I was that teen parent myself. um but the the message is, yeah, life isn't over and the, and and it is hard. And first of all, I always tell them embrace the you know, the grief because you're grieving what you thought was supposed to be future in their life and their plan. That's what you thought. And so it's fair to grieve that. Although it probably wasn't going to be that way anyway, because we're as parents, you know, you can do all the right things and things. They make their own choices. They do their own thing. Um, But then also understand a baby is coming and you know what's going to happen. You're going to forget about all the grief and you're going to embrace that baby. Um, But to get to that point, and I talk about this in my book, too, that the child needs to be loved throughout or else they're going to have a really hard pregnancy. They can give up on life and they can feel devastated and they can feel hopeless. But if you can encourage them, and of course, this still isn't the case because I work with enough teen parents to know they're still young people and they're still going to do what they want to do. But you have they have a better chance of success if they don't feel constantly judged and criticized and put down. And so even though I became a teen parent, the way that I did, I don't make a big deal about it um, when I'm dealing with other teen parents because the end of the day doesn't matter. I was a teen parent. I was going to be just like them, a teen parent who has a child to take care of. Nobody needs to hear the story of how it happened, you know, unless I'm using it to help somebody. But when it came down to it, I was just going to be a teen mom just like them. And I would be a single mom just like them. And so they they need to feel loved and Um, and cared for and supported and just shown the way and shown that opportunities still exist and just how to go after those opportunities and um and I really enjoy and appreciate being able to, to talk to them about how they can put themselves in a position to receive the help that they need because I sometimes that's what or we can do we being people yeah can put ourselves in a position where we can't receive help or we don't receive the help that we need
1: Well, I think it's so important too, because um, I know I'm older (laughs) than you, but I remember in high school, I had a friend who got pregnant our senior year and mom shipped her away Mm -hmm. uh, to have the baby and put it up for adoption because of the shame or whatever. Um, And I can't even imagine the damage that that did to her as a young woman and just, it, it just still to this day, I've never forgot about it. And I thought, how did she live with that and move on in her life?
2: Yeah. And that's actually a common story too. <sighs> um, and of course, generationally it changes a, a little, a little bit. And like, even, even now it's way more accepted. <laughs> and so it's a, a balance in, I think it's a good balance in that, but I do know, um, even in my own family, of situations like you just described where the um, the, the teenager was, was shipped away or put in a school or sent, yeah, sent away and either the child was given up for adoption or they had the child, but just not around. So I'm, I'm grateful, though, in my situation, though, um, my mom embraced it. My mom, I'm the oldest of five, so she had younger children than me. Um, my youngest brother was only five years older than my baby. And so it was a challenge, you know, for her having more children, but my grandmother played a role, a big role um, in helping and supporting me. She's 99 years old now, still here, Um, but I give her a lot of credit for helping me get through um, that very, very hard time in my life.
1: Wow. Well, I have a question. How did you stay committed to finishing school? How did you, was it a support system? Was it a combination of things? But I would just think mentally, How did you stay motivated? And because that's not easy, raising a baby. And even if you do have support, there's your hormones and just everything. But how did you do it? What did you have to dig deep and find the courage?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely hard. Um, So the support system part, I moved away to college. Um, I got a scholarship to, to Memphis. And I'm originally from Jackson, Tennessee, which is about an hour east. And so it was hard to make that decision. But when I visited the school, I felt like this was home, University of Memphis. I'm, everybody who knows me knows that I'm a, a big, big uh, fan of the University of Memphis. I was the president of the Alumni Association most wow. recently. And so, but it felt like home, felt like that's where I was supposed to be. And so um, my first year of college, my son stayed with my grandmother. And I was really, really grateful that she gave me the opportunity to take a year to live in the dorm and be a normal student. Um, but I did bring him. I went to, I went home and got him as often as I could. I snuck him in the dorm. I, talked about <laughs> I, <didn't go> to. <laughs> I snuck him in the dorm. He went to class with me until he could go to the um, daycare program on campus. So he's old enough to do that. And so that was in my second year of college. Then I moved him to Memphis and I moved off campus so I could have him with me. The support system I've created there in college because I was I went to college on a leadership scholarship it was the emerging leader scholarship. Wow. And that required me to be involved in different organizations and take on leadership roles. And so I was a student, but I was actually involved in these different organizations. I had meetings, I had events, I had programs in um, class. And worked. I had an internship too. And so those things were important to me though, because part of answering your question, even though they added more to my plate, those were the things that kept me excited and engaged in the college. I was meeting people. Um, I was making new friends. I was building my network and I was getting babysitters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And so I, those were the people who helped me. And so not only this, so I had students who helped more broadly. I had the Staffs, people on the staff that were helping me. The director of Student Activities Council, her name is Tammy Hedges. She's the vice president at the University of Memphis now, but she was the director of Student Activities Council. She saw me, she saw me working hard and she helped me. And so she would have my son in the office when I had class. Oh, <laughs> her secretary so was a babysitter. It was, they loved on me and they helped me to get through. But the other part of the answer, and probably the biggest part, was I was focused on my why? Like why was I in school? Why did I start in the first place? And that was because I wanted to have the a life that a life of choice where I could choose where I live, what kind of house I had, what kind of car I drove, where I you know when whatever I bought and traveling, all those things I wanted to be choices for me, and um and I knew getting my education was the the venue for it. You know, that was the only way I was gonna get there is if I got my education, got my degree. I knew enough people who did not have an education and, and no judgment on them at all, but I knew that their choices were more limited and I did not want to, to be in that position. And so that's what kept me focused um, was seeing the end, seeing the end. And then, like I said, I made fun. I had fun. I got involved and that helped me to get through. Discover adventure, discover luxury, discover Moab with exclusive
1: retreats for your next vacation or event. Wake up to amazing views only minutes from Utah's most breathtaking national and state parks and Moab's best shopping and dining. Enjoy your fully stocked vacation home with private pool and hot tub. Every room is a luxurious private suite, plus daily made service and private chefs are available. Exclusive retreats, we're not your home away from home. We are better. Book today at exclusiveretreats.com.
0: So, Summer, you have such a beautiful story. And kudos to your mom, to your grandma for really embracing you and your baby and um helping you navigate those future years because I remember going through that process myself, I was probably a little bit more limited. I didn't know if I would have that option. And so I kind of sat back and it took me a little bit longer to get, to go down that path of going, okay, I do have a choice and I can provide, and I can still have what I had dreamt of having, but I am sure you are coming across, or you've come across a lot of teens and parents through the work that you do where they don't have that same story. And what are you telling them? And how are you helping them navigate that to find the positive?
2: I like to to focus on what you do have more, more so than what you don't have. And so even with my mom and my grandmother, who are awesome, I called them silent cheerleaders <laughs> because they weren't the ones like, "Yes, you play, go to college, and da da da." You can it would babysit occasionally if I needed them to. My mom would drive me to my doctor's appointments because I had a kid before I could drive, you know, um, those kinds of things. But when I moved to Memphis, um, I didn't have either one of them, and so that's why I like to make that point: is that I created my support system. Based on who I was and my drive, people saw me working hard. So people wanted to help me, but not everybody wanted to help me. And and the help, you know, you're a parent, you know, you need help until they're out of your house and even still, you know, (laughs) you still need a level of help, right? (laughs) But people are more likely to help people who are trying to help themselves. And so that's what I like to talk to because I, I do work with a lot of young moms who are in really hard situations. Um, but I like to point out to them, they have a lot of the resources that I didn't have. So that a lot of them attend the School for Teen Moms Adolescent Parenting Program where that's already built in daycare. So you, you just got to get to school. And I, it, granted, I recognize that's even a challenge <laughs> just getting to school. But once you get there, you do have um, um, childcare. And in other other resources, there are tons of resources out there. So it's just a matter to a matter of focusing on what do you have more so than what you don't
1: have. And you made it happen. You just found the resources and made it happen. That's so incredible. And it goes back to the
2: why is yeah. if, you, if your why is strong enough, then you can make it happen.
0: Okay. So today, tell us about the work you're doing today.
2: Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I, so I wrote that book in 2010 and it changed my life. I, and I was working at FedEx at the time um, in advertising and I love my job because for the first time I was working like normal business hours because my started my career with the Memphis Grizzlies NBA basketball team. And so I was working a lot. And it was, it was a whole lot as a single mom. But my son was there with me. So he's at the games. He probably <laughs> liked it. He did. <laughs> he did. He did. So after I got my master's degree, so I, I got an MBA. And um, and I said, OK, now it's time for me to go make some money. <laughs> and I, I changed jobs. And yeah, he was like, why did you quit? But then I started working for a service master. And uh, while I was there, I had to travel more than I wanted to. Although I love traveling, it was very hard being a single mom with no family in town. And so I started working at FedEx. Um, and while I was at FedEx for the first time, I could travel when I wanted to and um, made more money than I ever thought I would make. And um, and I wasn't in school, so I was just like in a great situation. But then I wrote the book, like I explained earlier, when I started to write it or why I wrote it, and asking me to come and speak, and then I started getting on the news. And then I was on in on headline news and I was on the 700 club. So I was on national news and international news and back to the speaking. When I would get invited to speak in schools, I would have students and teachers lined up to talk to me afterwards. And this, I was, oh, granted, I was speaking on my lunch break. So I was like sneaking away from work, <laughs> <laughs> taking like, these extra long lunch breaks, but I'm like, I was loving it. So they would come up to me and they would talk to me and they would share their stories and ask my opinion. And I'm like, I really like this. This feels good. And I would go back to work and, you know, do my work. Cause I, I didn't let my work slack, but I was trying to just hurry up and figure out how I could get in front of some more people, especially young people. I ended up quitting my job though at FedEx when they offered a buyout. And um, I put in for the buyout and I did not get the buyout. <laughs> oh, dang. I did not get the buyout, but I never forget. And I always like to tell the story too, Uh, Lori Tucker she was a senior vice president at FedEx who had read my book she heard about my book she read about my book and she was very complimentary but she came up to me and she said at a luncheon and she said did you get the buyout and I said no I didn't get it I just found out the night before I did not get it and she said she said you're leaving anyway aren't you and I said I am I am (laughs) and then I then I was like wait I can't believe I just told her I was leaving and I did. And so then I was like, okay, I felt like my heart had spoken. I had to get myself ready to go. And so I did. I left on a hope and a prayer and, and that was in 2013. And um, here we are.
0: Wow. <laughs> so you're now a motivational
2: speaker. So yeah. So now I speak. So that led me to, I discovered a speaking career. I never ever thought that would be something that I would do, but I discovered a speaking career. And since then I started doing coaching Um, and really excited about a curriculum that I have. Again, I work with so many educators who were telling me their students were reading my book and their words were, they won't put this book down and they were stealing it. I had teachers telling me their students were stealing the book out of the classroom. Like, oh, you're going to steal something, steal a book and steal my book. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, I had a teacher, an actual professional school counselor asked me if I had a curriculum to go with the book. And so I got busy. And created one. And so now I have a literacy life skills and character education curriculum um, and workbook that um, is aligned to higher learning standards. So it's improving their ELA um, or their literacy levels using English language arts standards, but it's also focusing on life. Yeah. And making them more resilient. So. So, yeah, just going back before I left my job at FedEx, I started speaking in schools. I was going to a school every lunch break. I said, I need to pay for this. This feels like, a you know, like I need to start a business. And um, and I woke up one morning and that's all I could think was. So what? So what? My big fan of Oprah. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey. <went> <laughs> and uh, while I was at FedEx, I actually um. We do, you know, she always does her favorite things, Oprah's favorite things list. And I had to go out to Harpo Studios and because FedEx did the ship, does the shipping. So I was I was over that project. And so I recently been at Harpo Studios and Oprah's a fan. Her name has turned her business. And I'm like, mine is so personal to me. How can I put my name in it? And that's where the so what came from. But what it means, though, is saying so what to your challenges and so what to your obstacles And figuring out how to move forward from those by saying, so now what? So whenever somebody, you know, whenever I have a challenge or a problem, the first thing I say is, so what? (laughs) No matter how bad it is or how horrible it is, it's so what? And then, so now what? How do we move forward from this? No complaining about it. It's just embrace it and move forward. Oh, I love it. And you can buy your, you have
1: shirts and stuff for sale on your site, right? I do.
2: I do. I love it. Perfect. (laughs)
0: So Summer, you are doing coaching, you said. Yes. Tell us about the
2: coaching. The coaching, um, and I'm moving to a group coaching model now just because um, the one-on-one coaching takes a lot of time and I would need to charge more than I want to charge because I want to be accessible to as many people as possible. Uh, but the coaching just came from me constantly being asked, how do you, how did you <laughs> fill in the blank? Um, because I've done a number of different things and I, I want to help people do it. Um, that's why if you see my YouTube channel. I put so many videos out there. And that's why um, I do a lot on social media is because I'm like, if I can, and I blog too, if I can answer the questions and you can get the information for, for free, I'd rather do that. Um, but I love going deeper and working, working with people to help them do what live what I call so what success lives. So we all have challenges. We all, we all do. No one is immune to them. they they all might just look different. Um, But what's big to me might be small to you and what's, you know, and conversely for anybody. But I like to help people, you know, change their mindset about obstacles and their challenges so that they can see, you know, even when we started, you guys said I've accomplished a lot. I'm like, I have. And I'm really grateful for that. But I don't believe I've done anything that you or anybody else did not do. They can do it. I'm like, if I can do it, with the child and without my family and without the support, um, that a lot of people think I had, I didn't, I had, I'm grateful for the support I had, but I did a lot of this by myself. And so if you have any type of support system, whether you, it's one that people are just throwing themselves to help you, or if you got to go out and knock on doors and say, I need help, whatever it is you can, you can have, I believe that with all my heart. And I like to show people how.
0: Well, and when people Uh are running, have a challenge in their life, or they feel like they're feeling defeated, discouraged, whatever the situation is, I've learned that we find, we get new perspective when we hear someone's story. Um, We can also heal through hearing someone's story, because just like you said, if they can do it, then we find that power of going, I can do it. And so you sharing your story as you are learning has been so powerful, I'm sure, to so many teens that are may not be in the same situation, it could be anything that you are giving them the it's okay, and that they can still power forward.
2: Absolutely. And and not just women, I'll tell you that that's one thing that happened what really pushed me to get into this is when people started reading my book. It wasn't, I wrote it for teen moms. That's what I that's who I wanted to read it to see that they could make it that. Some of them were like, oh, you have a big house and a nice car and like, you don't understand. I was like, well, let me tell you how it started. <laughs> yeah. And so that's when they read the book. But then I started to see there were so many people that were my age who were reading. It's like, well, she went back to school. I can go back to school. Yeah. And there were men who were reading it that were telling me, now I understand my daughter so much more. Now I understand single mothers so much more. And so, so it just depends on where you are in life. Um, and that's also why I have a fifth grade version, middle school, high school, teen mom and college version of my workbook, because they read my book as a textbook. But it just depends on where you are in life, what you get out of it.
0: OK, so Summer, I have a question. OK, what would you tell your 15 year old self? Today.
2: <laughs> hmm. I um yeah, I get emotional. I've been asked this before, um exactly like that. The what I would tell her is it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay because, you know, at that time, I spent more time crying than anything <laughs> at all. Um, more time crying than anything at all. I would go as I, I would just simply say it's going to be okay. And you know what? It's actually gonna be way better than okay. Is going, you are going to blow your mind is what I would tell her.
1: Oh, I love that answer. I love that answer. Well, Summer, what, what advice would you give? And I know you give advice all the time, every day, I'm sure. Um, if we've got a teenager listening right now to this podcast or a mom who just found out their teen is pregnant, or maybe even the son um, is dealing with that as well. That's a really good perspective to talk about as well, is our sons. Any advice that you would want to give them right now if they're right in the thick of it? Well,
2: will be a little bit different for each of them. Yeah. Um, but first, I would say the same thing I would tell myself, <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. But the general advice I would say to all of them is seek counsel. So talk to somebody talk to somebody. So if you're the girl or the the boy, find somebody who's been there, done that, and talk to them. But probably more important than talking to them, listen to them. Listen to them, because that's that's the harder part, probably. (laughs) That's the harder part is listening to the advice and then taking the advice that they have to give. Again, for me, when I work with young people, because I don't just work with teen parents, but just young people, period, I can see the path to make it excellent. I can see it. (laughs) I can see how it can be better than fine, but it's a matter of, you know, them embracing the advice, and so if I, and the same same is true for the parent who may find out that their child is pregnant, and they're just hurt, and they're, they're upset, and they're angry, and they're let down, and they will, I've seen it happen, say some things that they probably shouldn't say um, that are hurtful and can make the relationship more strained or, you, you know, or um, make, make it the situation even more difficult. So that would be the advice I would give, the general advice that I would give is find somebody who has been there and done that and talk to them about how you feel because your feelings are, are very valid, but then listen, but then listen and take the advice that they give. you. Oh, that's great advice. Okay. Tell our audience how they can find you and um, give us all your contact information. Awesome. So I make it easy and just say my website is summerolens.com. And on my website, you'll find my blog and links to all of my social media. So I'm on YouTube. That's the thing that I'm doing a lot with right now is because I like some videos out there Um, and I actually wrote this might be helpful um, I did videos for each of the lessons learned that I wrote at the the end of my book so every chapter has lessons learned from that period in my life and I did a video for every one of them it's 92 (laughs) 92 lessons and I did that for the 10th anniversary of me publishing the book but I'm I'm really excited about that Um, but YouTube I'm on Instagram I'm on Facebook Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. Those are my main ones, but that's where I'm at. All you got to remember is summerones.com. You can find everything else. I love it. Well, thank you. My pleasure.
1: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone could benefit, please share. If there's a conversation you think we should be having or a topic that resonated with you, please let us know. You can engage and follow us on
0: Facebook and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a comment.